Hi, everyone. This is Betty Who, and I'm hosting the brand new podcast, Unfiltered, the JBL podcast, from your friends at JBL and iHeartRadio. Join me each week as I chat with some of my favorite innovators, groundbreakers, and inspiring individuals. Together, we'll learn about every twist and turn and door slammed in their face that led them to being some of the world's finest creatives and disruptors. Listen to Unfiltered, the JBL podcast, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're highlighting women who led extraordinary lives of resistance. Today, we're talking about a woman who's widely considered to be the mother of the American women's suffrage movement. She defied her family and gender norms, at a time when women were not welcome in the public sphere. Her work left an imprint on American society that's still felt today. Let's talk about Sarah Moore Grimke. Sarah was born on November 26, 1792, in Charleston, South Carolina, into a large, wealthy family. Sarah's parents, Mary and John, were enslavers, and the family lived on a plantation. John did not approve of education for women, so Sarah didn't attend school. Instead, she had a tutor who taught her music, painting, and sewing. Her brother Thomas, on the other hand, received an excellent education and went on to attend Yale College. Sarah was an eager and avid learner and took advantage of her brother's elite education. Thomas taught her Greek, Latin, math, and geography. Sarah's family attended the Episcopalian church, and on Sundays, the older girls taught classes to enslaved children. But all the classes were oral. At the time, it was illegal for any person of color to learn to read. Sarah didn't accept that, and she secretly taught her own maid in the evenings. They would turn out the lights and lie on their stomachs in front of the fire, poring over spelling books. When Sarah was in her mid-twenties, she traveled to Philadelphia with her father, who was gravely ill. They were there to visit a doctor and stayed at a Quaker boarding house. Sarah learned that the Quakers believed slavery was evil, and they were more open-minded about the rights of women than many at the time. A few years later, after her father died, Sarah converted to Quakerism and moved to Philadelphia. Back in Charleston, Sarah's younger sister Angelina had similar revelations. After trying and failing to convert the rest of the family to Quakerism and to the abolitionist cause, Angelina joined Sarah in Philadelphia. Sarah had initially found refuge in the Philadelphia Quaker meeting as a place that shared her beliefs. But cracks were beginning to show. As Sarah and her sister got more deeply involved in abolitionist circles, they realized the Philadelphia Quakers were wary of emancipation. The Quakers also didn't fully approve of women speaking in public. The sisters were not deterred. They trained as agents of abolitionism, gave public speeches, and began writing anti-slavery public letters that reached a wide audience. These letters did not go over well in their home state of South Carolina. Postmasters burned the booklets containing the letters, and Sarah and Angelina were warned that they would be under arrest were they to return to Charleston. Sarah was also actively campaigning for women's rights. In her most famous published work, titled Letters on the Equality of the Sexes and the Condition of Women, she wrote the words that were famously quoted by former Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But I ask no favors for my sex. I surrender not our claim to equality. All I ask of our brethren is 
that they will take their feet from off our necks and permit us to stand upright. In 1865, Congress passed the 13th Amendment outlawing slavery in the United States. The right for women to vote was still decades to come. Towards the end of her life, Sarah remained actively involved as an officer in the Massachusetts Women's Suffrage Association. In 1870, almost 40 years before it was legal to do so, Sarah and a group of women in Hyde Park, Boston, braved a snowstorm to vote in a local election. Their votes were not counted, but the action inspired young women to continue the fight. Sarah died in Boston on December 23, 1873. All month, we're highlighting women who led lives of resistance. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.